Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Our next guest does a hell of a job at the Salem Statesman Journal. He's also an Associated Press Top 25 voter, friend of this show, lifelong Oregonian, Pete Martini, joining us. I think he's a Braves fan as well. Are you a Braves fan? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm not, I was born to it when I was younger, um, obviously because they were on TV a lot. I followed them and the Mariners. Um, those are kind of my two teams. Um, but baseball, truthfully, has kind of lost me over the years a little bit. It's, uh, it's still near and dear to my heart, but I I think they've made some mistakes over the years. And so I I still kind of follow what they do, but uh, I'm not as strong a fan of them as I am, say, the 49ers. Yeah, it's a Niner fan. I knew I liked you, Pete. Uh, so let's talk for a little bit about the AP poll. Um, you know, give us an idea. When you – when, you know, this gets thrown on your plate, uh, I, you know, how do you, what is your system? What is your process when you go to fill out your ballot? Well, I start out in the preseason. I kind of go through how the poll finished last year and how we ranked the teams. And then I kind of go one by one. Who are they losing? Uh, where are they in the uh, recruiting rankings? Things like that. Uh, there were some that were obvious to New Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. We're going to be up there kind of the top three. But a lot of the, the uh, preseason stuff, you kind of have an idea, but you really do go in kind of blindly. And so after the first week, or the first two weeks, I guess, because there's a zero week now, after those first two weeks, everybody's played at least one game. And so my, my strategy always is, after I've seen everybody play, I've seen the results, I kind of reshuffle things. And so sometimes fans get mad because maybe their team was number 19 in the preseason poll they win their first game, and then I drop them to 21. It's not that I'm necessarily punishing them. I'm just kind of reshuffling the order because now I've seen everybody, and there might be somebody that I had behind them before the season started that I thought looked really good the first week, and so now I have them ahead of them. So that's kind of – and then each week I just kind of go through. I create a list of who from the top 25 lost and who they lost to and who won those games, and then I just kind of go through there and – kind of methodically, you know, move some teams up, move some teams down. I'm not necessarily, you know, I'll, I'll have teams hop teams. Cause I, I don't think you should just keep the order no matter what, because I think every win is not equal. And so, um, you know, I, I heard a lot of people complaining that Texas actually went into the polls after losing to Alabama. But in my thought process, it was, you know, they weren't ranked before the season. Nobody really knew because they went 6-6 six six last year. And they hung in with the best team in the land or one of the two or three best teams in the land uh, until the very end, why not have a rank? You know, just because they lost doesn't necessarily mean you can't move them up. So that's just kind of how I go through it. Pete Martini with us. You have Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Ohio State three, Michigan four. Uh, For Beaver fans, Beaver fans are going to love you. You got the Beavers at 21. You have Oregon at 23, Washington State at 25. 
yeah. I have I have to ask you, like when you when you know this weekend coming up, some Pac-12 games. What do you need to see from the Beavers to keep them at twenty-one? They got Montana State. Yeah, I just I want to see a little bit better consistency, especially in offense. I think that you know that first half against Boise State, Chance Nolan looked great. Uh, Musgrave at, at tight end was a great weapon. Uh, they've been utilizing uh, some of the other receivers, and here and near and near in Salem would be Anthony Gould from West Salem. So they, you know, they looked really good that first half against Boise. Kind of sleptwalked through the second half of that game, and then they were there when they needed it to be there against Fresno. But I just, you know, in a, in a game like Montana State, no offense to them, they're a great FCS program. They were in the title game last year, and you know, Jonathan Smith said that they have the Beavers' attention, which they should. The Beavers aren't going to lose that game, and I, I think they just need to show just a little bit more consistency on offense. I think the defense has been great. They played a great quarterback last week at Fresno State, who I think is going to be playing on Sundays. And so I, I, I don't really need to see a lot more with the defense. I think they're pretty good. I just want to see that consistency, especially out of Nolan. The Ducks right now, I'm not sure what to make of them. And, and you got them on your ballot. You put them at 23 uh, one yeah. voter has him as high as 12, 39 voters don't even have him on the ballot. You know, what are you making of Oregon? And what do you see there that you like that justifies putting him on the ballot? Well, I think that the, you know, the offense showed a lot more against Eastern Washington, but again, it was Eastern Washington. And it was that Austin. But the fact that they put up 70 was really, you know, if they, you know, everybody knew Oregon was going to win that game. If they would have won the game, something like, 42-24, I would have had to think about it a little bit. But putting up as much as they did at home, I, I do think that ultimately they are a top 25 team. I just think they have a lot to figure out. Um, Bo Nix is kind of what I thought he would be. He's a good, solid starter. Not a lot of special there, but he is he is a good, solid starter. Um, they can win with him if they run the ball well and if the defense does what everybody expected it to do before the season. But it is hard to judge them because they played quite possibly the best team in the country, and then they also played an FCS team. So I think we're really going to learn a lot this week playing a team that may be ranked a little high. I had them pretty high, BYU, um, after beating Baylor. Um, but they're going, to play, they're going to play a legitimate top 25 team in Baylor, games that option. So I think we're going to really finally learn a lot about this team this week. Yeah, I think it's one of these weeks where they kind of revealed themselves to the country. We're talking to Pete Martini, Salem Statesman Journal. Which fan base is lobbying you maybe more than others or uh, a little more aggressively than others? Because I know your email inbox must fill up with people, with voters. Um, I hear a lot from Big 12 teams. Uh, Texas early on with the preseason poll. Um, I've heard from, I heard from quite a few BYU fans after the, the first their first game because uh, they were one of those teams that I had ranked like 19 or 20, and I moved them down like two spots even though they won. Um, but what I explained to them, I tried to explain to fans what my process is, and I kind of reshuffled after the first game. And what I told them is that, you know, they had games coming up against Baylor and Oregon, and they had a, uh, another couple top 25 teams that are playing coming up, I think Notre Dame. And so I, I told their fan base, look, you're going to get your shot. You're going to be playing some big-time teams coming up. This is only an early poll. The poll fluctuates every week. Um, but they were they were the ones that kind of lobbied pretty hard. This week I didn't hear a lot because I think with all the upsets last week, a lot of AP voters kind of put out there saying, boy, I don't know what I'm going to do on my ballot. And so I think fans were kind of 
they had already thought to themselves that the poll's going to come out and nobody's going to feel real confident about it uh, because of everything that happened last week. You know, what do you do with a team like Appalachian State? What do you do with a team like Texas A&M? What do you do with Washington State? You know, I put Washington State in because I think that was a good, tough road win for them. I like what they're doing up there. Um, so I have them barely in a top uh, at number 25. Um, but this week I didn't hear much. I heard, you know, some good stuff from Ducks fans and Beavers fans, of course. Um, but I didn't hear a lot of complaints this week. Yeah, and I think the Pac-12, look, I think it's a big week for the Pac-12 because you got games like BYU-Oregon. You have, you know, Michigan State playing at Washington. You have Cal going to Notre Dame. I think there's some opportunities for the for the Pac-12 to uh, to make some ground up uh, that they won't be able to make up during the regular season by sort of proving that they're better than some other conferences. But uh, any big takeaways from you as you look across college football that, you know, after two weeks, where do you see the strength of college football? Um, I, I definitely see it still in the SEC. I think Florida, you know, Utah made their own mistakes in Florida, but I think that was a good one for Florida. Then they get beat um, by an SEC team last week, and so they kind of eat their own a little bit. I think the Big Ten has been a little disappointing. You know, Nebraska, obviously, with all their issues, the Wisconsin loss. I don't think Ohio State looked very good against Notre Dame in week one. Michigan has looked good, but they haven't played anybody yet. Um, so I think my takeaway overall, especially with what happened in the offseason, is that maybe we were a little too quick to crown the Big Ten as much as we did. Um, but we'll, we'll see how the season plays out. Pete Martini, our guest, Salem Statesman Journal. Now, I saw your tweet about officiating. This has been near and dear to me. The OSAA has now put out a notice saying, hey, yeah. we have an official shortage and here's the reason why it's the treatment that officials receive from players, coaches, and parents and fans. You have been around a lot of high school games, Pete. You've seen it. What are we talking about? I do think, you know, I've talked to a lot of officials, especially the past couple of years. Uh, you know, I did, a, I did a story on a longtime umpire over the summer, and they all said the same thing to me, that, that it's, it's, you don't get a lot of pay. It's travel a lot. It's usually at nights. During the, except for football or state tournaments, it's, you know, middle of the week, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights. Um, and if you're going to go there and just take abuse, it's not worth it. Um, it's something that we're going to look into more more deeply here at the Statesman Journal about how much of that is the truth and how much of it is not, how much are we seeing it here in Salem. Um, in my experience, I, I do think that certainly like a home plate umpire takes uh, a, a lot of abuse during during games, you know, that, that's been the case at all levels of baseball for forever. Um, so I do think that it's, it's something that I, I think the USA finally wanted to put their two cents in uh, because they've been pretty quiet about it, uh, about the reason, at least, for a while. They've talked about how they're still hiring officials. They need officials. Coaches talking about it. This is why we see a lot more Thursday night football games and Saturday uh, afternoon football games at the high school levels because – we need to shuffle around the officials. So they talked about needing officials, but this is the first time that they actually kind of put out an affirmative statement of why they think they need the officials. Um, and, again, we're going to look more deeply into it here as a statesman. Um, but just from what I've heard over the last couple of years, uh, it, it's all been the same thing, that they just don't want to take the abuse. Yeah, and, I, and I, I know a lot of parents listen to the show. Look, I've got kids who play youth sports or whatnot. Like, you got to just have – 
some perspective when you go to the games or you go to the stadium like if you think your kid got a bad call and you can't handle yourself you uh, tweeted this out if you can't handle your emotions stay home right well yeah abs- I mean, absolutely you know it it's um I don't know if recruiting, you know, the emphasis on recruiting services and all these things have made it a little more intense. I mean, obviously when I played football at Sprague back in the 90s, I'm sure there were a lot of fans up there. I couldn't hear them, but a lot of fans up there that were saying a lot of the same stuff. But I I just, that's why I, you know, we want to look into it as statesmen is if it is happening, if that is indeed the reason, why is it happening? And is it a growing trend or is it the same that it's been, for the last 30 years and you know to me I, I don't have any kids and so it's hard for me to really speak about this but to me it does seem pretty easy to just go to the game cheer on your kids cheer on your team and not behave inappropriately it just doesn't seem like it's a difficult thing to do yeah it's not it's really not it's uh, just have some emotional maturity i'm glad you're addressing it pete keep doing what you're doing man we'll bring you back on uh, love to get updates on your ballot, and good luck with the BYU and the uh, Big 12 fans. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. There it is. Guys, I told you, the Big 12 fans, they're, they're a little different. It means too much in does, the Big 12. Does it friend. mean more than the SEC? I thought it meant more in the SEC. It means more in the SEC, but it means too much in the big 12 like uh, it, it's there's just something i don't know if it's the geography i don't maybe the flat land there's not enough mountains i don't know what it is in the middle part of the country i i suspect it's that they know they're not the sec or the big 10 and they don't want to be the pac-12 and so you know even this year the big 12 byu's not in the big 12 yet but the big 12's claiming BYU. And so the Big 12 fans are all going, hey, BYU needs to be ranked higher. And I'm like, well, let's see what they do Saturday. Well, does the Big 10 claim USC right now? Or does the Pac-12 no. claim USC? Uh, Pac-12. I, I, that's an interesting one because I feel like the whole Pac-12 outside of Los Angeles is rooting against the LA teams. Like, do, they don't want it. Yeah, I do too. And they're like number seven right now. Like, as the Pac-12, you should be celebrating, but at nope. the same time, we hate them. And everybody's rooting for Fresno State this week. We'll talk about those games coming up. Leave it here. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I want to talk a little bit about the week three college football games. Pac-12 in particular. Uh, let's rip through these games. Uh, Steven, Peter, uh, weigh in if you got something to offer on this front. But uh, let's start with the early game on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. South Alabama's at UCLA. We've talked about this game yesterday, I think, Stephen, that we both like the Sun Belt team to cover the spread. 15.5-point underdog, South Alabama. They're not bad. They'll score some points in this game, I think. But Chip Kelly, he's never been 3-0 in non-conference play at UCLA, and I think he's going to be 3-0. I think UCLA wins it, but I would take South Alabama in the points. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, uh, you know, I just uh, South Alabama, not a great team, but like you said, they can score. So it's going to test the UCLA defense. Uh, 15 and a half points seems like a lot, especially because UCLA has had two easy games. You can count this as probably another game they should win, and then going into Pac-12 play after that. You know, I know it's at Colorado, but it'll be the first Pac-12 conference game I'm with you. I think UCLA wins, but I think South Alabama keeps it within two touchdowns. 
It's also interesting that, you know, with Chip Kelly at UCLA, look, it's not UCLA's fault that Michigan backed out on him. Like, that was part of the deal here. They Michigan backed out on him in what should have been a week two game. But I still think we're going to make fun of UCLA because that's what we do. Uh, Cal, Notre Dame. Cal is at Notre Dame, 1130 on Saturday on NBC. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And the Bears are getting 10.5 points as a road underdog. I like Justin Wilcox and Cal in this game. People have said all week that I'm crazy for believing in Cal. They haven't looked great. But I just kind of think this is the kind of game where it's going to be in the 20s. Notre Dame struggled to score. Wilcox is a defensive-minded coach. His transfer quarterback, Jack Plummer, he he transferred from Purdue. He's not going to be blown away by touchdown Jesus and the setting at Notre Dame. I'm picking Cal to win the game outright, but I think for sure they're covering. Yeah, I think you're crazy that Cal's going to win. Uh, but, you know, when we were talking today, we were talking about this game. I w- looked at the odds, and it was 13 and a half at, a, wow. at one of the spots I got. So I took it at 13 and a half. That seems like too many points when the total is 40 and a half to get 13 and a half. I think, I think you're right. I think Cal can keep it close, and Wilcox is going to have something for that Notre Dame offense, which struggles already. You know Wilcox is going to put in a good system. Um, I expect Notre Dame to win this game, but you know, is it going to be 10 points? Is it going to be 7 points? I think it will be something like that. I think Cal's in it. Uh, BYU's at Oregon, 1230 on Saturday on Fox. Ducks uh, opened as a 3.5-point home favorite. I haven't looked at the line today. I'm not sure about Oregon, but you know what I felt good about? Yesterday's interview that we did with Dan Landing, and he talked about hard-boiled eggs, and he talked, you know, I like that he lost his voice, too. So uh, I feel like this is the kind of game where we're going to learn something about Oregon. I'm picking Oregon to win this game. I think it's close. I don't feel great about, like, if, if somebody said, hey, bet on this game, I wouldn't want to because I think it's going to be a really close game, and I don't like, you know, three and a half, three, whatever you're getting on Oregon. I don't like that, but I think Oregon wins this game. I have it 27-26, Oregon. Yeah, it's still at three and a half, and I actually, I'm really confident that Oregon covers this game. Um, I'm going to make this bet definitely for sure. Um you know, I expected Oregon to lose by a lot to Georgia. I expect them to win by a lot against Eastern Washington. So nothing's changed with that. I thought they were a nine to ten win team coming in the year, and the the point should have been more than more than three and a half, and that's what it's at. So I think Oregon gets it on track. They get some points. I think the defense for Oregon and those athletes will be able to stop that BYU offense, which isn't necessarily explosive. So I do like Oregon minus the three and a half and uh, cover that. Also at twelve thirty Saturday, ESPN two, Colorado's at Minnesota. Colorado's a 27-and-a-half-point underdog. I just have not seen anything that suggests that Colorado can stay in this game. I have it Minnesota 45, Colorado 13. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know that Colorado's going to win a game this year, truly. Maybe Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty eight. it's 28 now, 27-and-a-half. I mean, whatever it is, yeah, it seems like a, uh, a tough spot to Carl Durrell and the Buffs. By the way, Carl Durrell's contract, they'll owe him more than $11 million if they fire him before January 1. So that's seven, not happening. <laughs> seven and a half after January 1. So I don't even think they're going to fire him after January 1. I think it will be, I think he'll get one more season. Uh, beyond that, they'll only owe him about $4 million. So I think he gets one more. Michigan State's at Washington. Uh, excuse me. Colorado State's at Washington State. 2 p.m. Saturday, Pac-12 Networks. Trap game for, for Washington State? I don't think so. I think it could be, but... I'm looking at Cam Ward. I need to see him take a little step forward here. Uh, Washington State gets the win in this game, in my mind. I also think they're going to cover the 17 points against Colorado State. Not impressed with them. I have it 37-17, Washington State. Yeah, that Washington State defense was nasty against Wisconsin, so I think they'll be able to stop Colorado State. And I'm with you. 
I want to see something out of Caleb Ward. I need to see it if I want to think Washington State is a true, you know, contender for anything better than, you know, a six or seven win season. 430 on ABC, Michigan State's at Washington. Big opportunity for Kalen DeBoer. Washington is a three-point favorite. I was surprised by that. I think this game is very close. I like Washington to win. I don't know if they'll cover. I have it 28-27, so I guess I'm saying they're not going to cover, but I think Washington wins a close game against Michigan State. Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, Michigan State is right outside the top 10 of the AP, Washington unranked, and you got Washington as a favorite. When that, when that kind of stuff happens, that makes me think Washington's going to win. So I think Washington wins. I don't know about the spread 3-3 three, three and have what it is, but I think Washington's going to get the win and go to, uh, go undefeated in the non-conference. Montana State at Oregon State. Tough to find a line on this one, but I did. The Beavers are 13.5-point favorites. Uh, feels about right to me. I have some other people picking Oregon State to score a bunch of points in this game. I don't think they're going to play that way. They're resting a whole bunch of offensive linemen and starters. Luke Musgrave's not going to play in this game. I think Oregon State wins, wins pretty easily, 28-14. Yeah, give me the Beavs. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not betting on this game, but Beavs going to win. All right, we'll talk more. we got some other games. We'll do it on the other side of the break. San Diego State at Utah is where we'll start. We'll talk Fresno State, USC. Arizona State and Arizona playing the late games. Can they be trusted? That would be new this week. Plus the 5 at 5 coming up. 5 o'clock hour is going to move fast because we are going to play What's Your Peeve? We're going to do the 5 at 5, and we're going to do uh, What's on Tap in addition to the picks. So we will move at a lightning-fast pace in the 5 o'clock hour, and I hope you're here for it on this great Friday. I don't know if I'm a good parent or bad parent, but my six-year-old got punched today at school, and I told her, good job by you punching back. Is that bad parenting? You can tweet at me, at John Canzano, BFT. I'm sure we're going to get a call from the principal at some point. You got the BFT statewide. I want you to leave it here. Happy hour is ahead. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.